So I'm listening to one of my favorite podcasts today, News Commentary. You know, that's what all the best ones are, in my opinion. And uh, they're talking about this New York Times article, right? So this Times article is about a woman who, uh, her kid has the flu, and uh, she can't afford Tamiflu, right? It's like $194 a box. And uh, this woman just doesn't have the resources where she can get her kid this uh, pot- potentially life-saving medicine, right? And they call it, uh, I think the word they used was barbaric, which, is, depending on your perspective, might be a little hyperbolic, sure. But, uh, but the thing that the New York T- Times article fails to uh, point out that there is like an off-brand version of Tamiflu that, I mean, it's still not exactly cheap. It's still like 60 bucks a box. But you can literally get the exact same thing as an off-brand. And I'm going to be honest, I didn't listen to the rest of this guy's news commentary after he pointed this out because my mind went to a completely different place. Do you all remember research chemicals? I mean, a couple of you must, right? So, for those of you who aren't total derelicts, um, geez, I guess it was five or ten years ago, uh, there were these, like, companies, you know, and they were usually from overseas. They were, like, Swedish or Swiss or I guess probably some of them were Chinese. But you could basically, you could buy prescription drugs that were, like, counterfeit. But they still worked. They were just not made by an FDA-approved company. So these knockoff prescription drugs, just uh, for instance, you could like buy counterfeit Viagra for like two bucks a pill instead of, I think like right now it's like forty-five or sixty bucks a pill or something like that. And I mean, but they mostly specialized in psychoactive drugs. So it would be like knockoff Adderalls or Valiums or like even like hydrocodones or Percocets and stuff like that. These these fake versions, but they worked. So like, you know, illicit drug users could get these drugs online illegally without a prescription for like a fraction of the cost. I think it was only in like, I think it was like in the second term Obama administration that finally outlawed these nationally. And California kept trying to make laws to stop them. And then like the companies would just slightly change the formula so they were still technically legal. In fact, I'm sure you guys have heard of like the fake weed, like Spice K2, whatever they called it, where you were from. That was also like a research chemical. These guys were making like synthetic THC and just spraying it on potpourri and selling it to kids because there were no laws against it at the time. But it got me thinking, right? If these companies can make synthetic THC... Now, mind you, that shit kills people, like legitimately. So I'm, I'm not making a recommendation to buy research chemicals. So just give me a minute to explain where I'm coming with this. But if these companies 
they're operating illegally. They know that what they're doing is illicit. That's why they're preying on drug addicts and drug users. But if these companies can make fake Viagra, which, I mean, let's be honest, in a lot of ways, sex is an addiction to some people, which is why the cheap knockoff Viagra still, in my opinion, falls in the realm of marketing products to drug users. But if these companies can make knockoff fake Viagra, couldn't they do the same thing with Tamiflu? In theory, right? And so I'm thinking if they can make if they can make this fake Viagra for five percent of the cost of Viagra and sell it at a profit, just what if they did the same thing with Tamiflu or insulin or EpiPens? I mean, think about it, right? This is a huge problem is price gouging with prescription drugs. That's a huge argument for healthcare reform. Now, the problem is when you start talking about legislation for healthcare reform, there's a lot of holdups, especially amongst conservatives mostly among conservatives, are the holdups when you try and nationalize an industry that's current currently is privately owned and operated. A lot of the you know conservatives and libertarians hate that. They I mean they, they all say, I'm sure you've heard it before, everything the government touches turns to ash. They don't want the government in charge of health care because they think it's gonna get worse. Not to mention if you change the way that a company that you deal with on a, probably a week-to-week or month-to-month basis, or, I mean, God forbid, depending on what medication you might need, it could even be a day-by-day -day sort of thing. If you change the way that these companies operate with heavy litigation, you're directly affecting people's lives with litigation. And I don't know about you, I really don't want the government to be something I deal with on a day-to-day -day basis, like a year-to-year -year basis at most. So, uh, anybody have an argument against this? Of course, FDA. You know, if you're buying $2 Adderalls online, who knows if you're, you know, if somebody's ashing their cigarette in, in those vats while they're making it. Or if you're consuming arsenic and lead, I mean, shit, if we're, if everybody's buying it, we'll find out real fast the hard way. So then I'm talking to another friend of mine, running this by a much more conservative individual that I know, my buddy Palmer. I was having two conversations, one with my buddy Nick, one with my buddy Palmer. They both gave me permission to use their name. That's the only reason that I'm saying their names. Uh, so... Mind you, I wouldn't leave these guys alone in a room together. I, I think they'd probably fight. There's, there's no way these two dudes get along, which is the only reason I bring these ideas to you, my, my listener. Probably just a couple of you. So, all right. So, if we reform the FDA, where right now prescription drugs have like a 10-year turnaround time for being submitted and then being approved to be sold to the public. It's like 10 years, which is 100% part of the cost when it comes to the inflation on these products. So 
if you majorly reform the FDA, give them more funding, more resources, so that instead of 10 years, we can get like a two-week turnaround on these we call them research chemicals, no doubt. They'll come up with a better name for it if they went with my idea of a healthcare solution. If you can prove that these products don't contain dangerous, deadly chemicals or adulterants and make those available to the public in a couple weeks, you're going to have Tamiflu not just competing with their off-brand competitor, but competing with, like, Joe Smo's very clean garage. I mean, that's probably a little hyperbolic. I mean, these labs that they make these in are still labs. They're just run by mad scientists. But, I mean, seriously, if they're selling $2 Viagra and you make that $2 Viagra legal and able to be advertised in the market and compete in the market legitimately, Viagra's not going to stay $60 a pill for very long. I mean, it'll probably still be 10 or 15 bucks, which is, you know, five to eight times more than the weird off-brand stuff. But it creates a lot more competition. Instead of $194 for this woman to get Tamiflu that she trusts... Probably the name brand Tamiflu will just be 60 bucks. You know, she I'm certain she doesn't want to feed her kid the freaking $6 Tamiflu. Don't get me wrong. But Tamiflu is going to have to compete with those people. They're going to significantly lower their prices. I guarantee it. Like, that's how the free market works, right? So I, I run this by my very conservative friend who, who brought up the finer points about the FDA regulations. But then he brought up something I didn't know anything about. These uh, anesthesiologists, right? You know, anesthesiologists regularly work 36-hour shifts. Like, that's absolutely crazy. These people are given a, a deadly substance to any patient and they're regularly working 24 to 36 hour shifts like every week they know that they're going into this now i mean that's crazy truck drivers can't do that like industry workers can't do that and we're letting anesthesiologists do this potentially for like your children insane i mean there's no other way to put it. That's just insane. And so he's talking about what if there was a regulation, right? Or not even a regulation, a tax incentive. Going everything, including retail stores. You know, if you are done, if your business stops doing business before eight o'clock at night, the doors are locked, computers are shut down, employees go home. You give a small tax incentive to businesses that operate in that way. And if you cheat, then the fines are very heavy, obviously. But if you 
you know, if you shut your business down early so that people can actually have like a functioning, healthy life with their families, there should be a tax incentive. You know, if your business does a lot of business after eight o'clock, then you don't need the tax incentive. Go ahead and stay open. You're very busy and it's worth it not to take the tax money and to just keep doing the retail. Perfectly fine with that. But for these healthcare workers regularly working 24 hour shifts, 36 hour shifts, you got to pay the piper. These companies, anesthesiologists, are, they don't work directly for the hospital. They're subcontracted to the hospital. So these contracting companies that put these people on 36-hour shifts should have to pay money, a huge fine, because they are putting your life at risk anytime you need surgery, emergency medical or not. So they should have to pay a very, very large fine and that money specifically to be reserved for people who can't afford surgeries. I think that this is an excellent idea. I have a very hard time imagining anyone who would be against this. Because the reason why there's not a lot of anesthesiologists is because people who are already going to have to go to school for six, seven, or eight years, they know that that's bullshit. They'll become an x-ray tech or an optometrist, a dentist, but not an anesthesiologist. That's bullshit. I thought it was a great solution. So then I go back, you know, I'm talking to talking to my buddy Nick, my buddy Palmer, and we're talking again about the research chemicals thing, right? These research chemical companies, FDA approvals, what what do we do? Right? What do we do because what if it's not safe? What if anybody dies? You know, what if you give somebody freaking lead poisoning or some something crazy? Cuz Because it's only going to take once or twice for that to happen before the nation says, nope, 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 we want to give the power back to the pharmaceutical companies. Because that's really what they're saying when they say regulate, regulate, regulate. They're boxing a bunch of people out of this industry and giving the power back to the pharmaceutical companies. So how about this, right? I felt like this was one that a lot of the more left-leaning modern crowd would really appreciate. Those C-level employees, those CEOs in charge of the pill mills that make the super knockoff Viagra, hold them personally liable. Yeah, criminally liable, financially liable. If you, if there's no legal protection, if you, if you're, if you're off-brand of whatever, we'll say EpiPens. If you're off-brand EpiPens, poison or kill someone, you're getting sued directly. You're looking at criminal negligence, possibly manslaughter, directly. Why not? We're already talking about eat the rich, right? Well, not myself, but a lot of people are already talking about eat the rich. I don't see there being a whole lot of resistance on a policy like that. If you operate a business, fuck, dude, the guy, the Samsung guy got the shit suit out of him because of the exploding phones. Why not? 
car companies. They're liable for like cars exploding on the interstate. So why not? You sell you sell some some ba- a bad batch of pills that kills somebody or seriously injures somebody, changes their life. Yeah, you're getting sued. You might go to prison if they can prove criminal negligence. And if you are a business person in an already existing business and you see this pill gold rush happening, probably you might just want to sit it out. Leave it leave it to the new guys, the people with nothing to lose. Yeah, let the new guys handle it. You already got your medical, surgical implant business. You already are making off-brand Dr. Thunder for Food Lion. Probably, you know what, probably you're pretty comfortable. Probably you don't need to get into the pill gold rush. Because in this industry you might actually uh, face some consequences instead of the way that it's set up currently. I honestly, I see this as an absolute win. You know, like the Incredible Hulk. I love when he wears the glasses. That is so silly. I see this as an absolute win. So anybody, you know, any of you out there, if you if if you have... If you've been listening to this and you're like, Vince, you're fucking crazy for this one, and here's why. By all means. I'd I'd really love to hear it, but I think right now, I don't know, I think there's gold in these hills. So, I want to hash this one out. Honestly, I think this is one of the better ideas that's come through the podcast. So, give me a shout. But, uh, regardless, uh, thank you, uh, Nick, and, you know, definitely thank you, Palmer for uh, giving me reasonable resistance on this. Uh, And to you, uh, thanks for listening.